appreciate your prayers, your faithfulness. Amen. All you do to be a blessing and a help. Hallelujah. So, uh, so blessed today. Amen. Just, you know, I, I don't know what day it was. I didn't uh, mark it on my calendar. But that uh, Christopher come walking in the in the house one day, just kind of wandered in and and felt like God wanted him to come into church. Praise God. And he goes and invites his mom in a couple of days later and a couple of services later and praise the Lord. And she brings Chris along and look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Such a such a blessing and just just all of them just so serious about seeing other people get a hold of this. I tell you, you'd do a whole lot better if you just get in, get in your heart. God wants to work through me to help somebody else. I tell you, one of the most detrimental things, one of the most damaging things that can happen is you get focused on you and your problems and your trouble. And you don't start. I'm telling you, in all that, you can you can still be concerned with folks and pray for other people. Job, in the midst of all the things he was going through, God said, you know what I want you to do? Pray for your friends. Those friends that talked about me, those friends that told me I'm getting what I deserve, even not as much as I need to be getting, pray for them. And that's when God unlocked the door to his captivity. It's just the way God works. When we're going through everything, Jesus hanging on the cross said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He's praying for you, praying for me on that cross. Amen. And that's what we got to do. Praise God. We got to get our hearts and minds on ministry. Romans 5, I'm not going to preach to you very long. I don't know if I can. Amen. <clears throat> Good to see everybody here tonight. We're praying for you. Father, we love you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for just hearing us, for just a, Lord, your presence, your power, Lord, that is in this house. It's so real. God, help us not to be afraid of more of you. Help us not to be afraid of, Lord, the next step and what you have for us, God, in our lives. And help us to just continue to just reach and to grow and to learn and to and to do your will, God. Bless your word to our hearts, God. Help us to hear it. Help me, Lord, to deliver it with your spirit, with your heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, Romans 5, 3 says, not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Mm. Now, I heard a couple of yeps and rights, but you know, how good are we at that? I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you tonight. I, I mean this, this is not going to be easy, but it's going to be right. We glory in tribulation also knowing, knowing tribulation worketh patience. Now everybody, you know, we know I've heard, I don't know how many times people say, ah, I'm not going to pray for patience because that means God's going to send me tribulation. But you know, that's not the end of it. You know, we take that out of it and say, well, how maybe patience isn't so important because if I have to go through some things to get patience, maybe I could be saved without patience. Well, look what it says. Patience experience. Patience isn't done. Patience is working some experience in your life and experience is going to work some hope in your life and hope make it not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. God bless you. You can be seated. So I, I, I want to give you something here that I know God's laid on my heart. But, you know, as a pastor who's not just trying to make you feel good and uh, get you to like me, if that was all it was about, we would just close out right now and get some ice cream. I've talked to preachers before, and they all, they all agree. You know, if we were in this just to make friends and, and get everybody happy, we'd just go ahead and get some subs and some pizza. 
But sometimes we got to hear some things we don't like to hear. Sometimes we have to be challenged. Sadly, we're living in a day, you hear me say it all the time, where it seems like that, that uh, the false prophets aren't gone. They're, they're still around and they're, they're telling people what they want to hear rather than what they need to hear. And uh, the God that is in control of your life, the God that cares about you, that saw you in your sin, saw you in your hopelessness, had a plan to rescue you out of sin. You know he loves you. And he's God. He's all powerful. Amen. He's God and he cares about you. He's got nothing but love for you. He's got nothing but good plans for you. You don't have to worry about his motives. You don't have to think maybe he's thinking something that, that you don't like. He's thinking good things. He's got a plan for your life. We believe that. You believe that. And you can look at your life and you can see all the things that have got you from, from darkness into light. Sometimes we even go back into our lives before we came to the Lord and say, wow, God, that was you. You, you saved my life there. You kept me alive. You, you met a need. You helped me. You were knocking at my heart's door all along. And you look at everything and, and you go back and you say, God, you were always there. You were always there. We come to God and we've got testimonies of everything that he's done good in our lives and needs that he met times he's answered prayer times he's healed our bodies times he just showed up in the nick of time how many feel like you could just stand up all night and just never get done talking about just how good god's been to you that god's just been there and he's helped you and he's blessed you and he's met a need amen that god that knows you he knows you better than you know yourself. He, he knows where you've been. He knows you don't have a friend like Jesus. I know sometimes we get ourselves locked up in our minds. Nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody gets me. Nobody really. Hey, you don't get you. That's not fair. You don't really know just like you need to know, but God knows. That's why you can, you don't have to struggle with loneliness. You don't have to struggle with the idea that, that, that nobody gets, God gets you. God gets you and God cares about you. And he's put people around you that are imperfect. He's put people around you that, that can help in spite of their shortcomings and their struggles to, to really, we want to love one another. It's comforting to me to know God loves. Can I tell you something? As much as I, I can get concerned and scared and, and worried if I wanted to about my children, I know God loves them more than I'm able to love them. Say, so nobody loves my children like me. God does more than I'm able to. He is love. So you know what? When I'm prone to worry and to fear, I know that God's got his hand on my family. God's got his hand on the church. God's got his hand on you. That great God that's done so many good things and just seems like he, how many, how many believe that when he does miracles, it just seems like he knows how to tailor make things for us. He knows how to bless us in a way sometimes that maybe you don't even get how much that just meant to me and how he did that. 
He's just that kind of a friend. We talk about a personal savior. He's a personal God. He's a friend. The Bible says a six closer than a brother. You say, brother, you said you were going to challenge us. That's not challenging. That's exciting. That's awesome. Yeah, but let me tell you something about all this goodness of God. And it's, it, and I'm not getting ready to, to back up one bit. We're going to move on forward. He's good. He's better than what you imagine. He meets needs. He tailor fits our lives. And, and he knows where your calling and your strength is. More than anybody else, he knows what you're good at. He knows what he's put in you. He's like a father looking at his child, and he wants you to, to reach your potential that he's put in you. That's the sad part about sin. You know, as a parent, I wonder if you can just recognize when you see your children just not, just so far beneath what, what they're capable of doing. I know we're in this day, you get a gold star even if you come in last place. You know, participation medals, love them myself. But you know what, this idea that you can just, you know, uh, you know, you're going to color outside the lines and, and scribble something on a paper. And, you know, if you're a, a three-year-old, mama's going to put that on the refrigerator and say, look at you. You are amazing. You're an artist. You know, but you're doing that when you're 15. Ha! <laughs> you're amazing. I know. I did 12 more of them. I'm going to bring them in. We'll put them all on the refrigerator for you. You know, then you got problems. <laughs> You know, and, but we're living in a day where everybody's just got to hear what they want to hear. And, and I, I know we're looking at this world and thinking all these special snowflakes, the millennials, you know, that have to have everything just so validating for them. But God help us. That slips into church sometimes. The fact is, God's such a good God. And when he sees you, I'm doing my best. And God can be the one to say, you know what, son, daughter, you know you could be doing better. You know you've made some choices that... You can blame your problems and say, oh, I could do better if it wasn't for this. No, you could do better if you'd lean on me. You could do better if you get your strength renewed by waiting on me. I just don't know what to do. Have you been listening, paying attention? Because I'll give you direction. Because let me tell you something about how amazing God is and how much more amazing he is than a lot of folks in the feel good idea of being a Christian is he tailor makes trouble. Woo! We're not going to get excited about it. But I am because you know what? That's why he says we glory in tribulations because you know what? In all this, God's got a plan to get me through and do something in this. We talked about a little bit this morning and I just want to develop that and talk about a little bit more that even in your struggle, even in the things that maybe you don't like, because you know what God said about your salvation? There's something about being saved that we don't like to admit. We love to think about Jesus on the cross. We love to think about how he died on that cross with my sins. He paid that horrible price. He took away my shame and my guilt. And I love every bit of that. Can't get tired of it. Can't hear enough about it. But when Jesus looked at you and me and said, now you take up your cross. That means you're different. That means you're not who you are just floating down the stream, just thinking of going on cruise control. you got to take up a cross and follow me. He'll tailor make your cross. It might not seem like a lot to somebody else, but you know how heavy your cross is. Somebody else might not understand, but they've got a cross too. But what you've got to remember is God's already got a plan in it all, we talk about Joseph so often. I believe I mentioned it kind of uh, 
paraphrase the quote that all the all the betrayal and all the lies and all the hurt, you know, praise the Lord. That young man, he'd been through some things. He's going to be killed by his brothers. Instead, he was thrown in a pit, sold off, left his home, his family. All his dreams seemed to be crushed. Amen. God starts working and you can say all you want being blessed as a servant when he should be home with his family. It was not anyway a good, a good deal, but yet he, you know what? In his integrity, you know what that means? It means no matter what I'm going through, I still got Jesus and I'm going to be all right. It, you know what? He was in this. It was wrong. He could have got angry and bitter. Here comes Potiphar's wife seducing him. Hey, come on, hubby's not home. Nobody's going to catch you. God sees. He could have said, where's God been in all this? Where's he been? He said, my brothers betrayed me. I'll tell you who betrayed me. God. No, no. He said, you know, God's God's not done this to me. She goes and lies on him. He gets put in the dungeon for being faithful. What's he do in the dungeon? Gets hard, gets callous, gets mean. No, he's praying in touch with God, interpreting dreams. Hey, God didn't do this to me. God didn't do this to me. And now are you going to be honest? You know what? Are you, Job's wife said, now are you going to still maintain your integrity? God didn't do me bad. I don't deserve anything he ever gave me. He didn't say it was going to be easy. But the amazing thing about Joseph, beyond his integrity was the fact that God had his hand in every step. That God was working in on, God was tailor-making his trouble to bring him to a place in his life that he could see others set free. I believe he's doing it today. I believe he's doing it today. I know a lot of folks, they just, well, you know what, you don't know what I'm going through. Why? Because I'm not grumpy? <laughs> You don't know how hard it can be. Why? Because I'm not depressed. Faith does not mean an absence of trouble or cross. It just means trusting that my trouble has been tailor-made for victory. Amen. That God's got a plan. I don't know how long the trial's going to take, but when it's all over, devil, you're defeated, and God's on, on the throne. Amen. You've got to recognize this. I know sometimes God allows some things in our lives, suffering and tears. You know, the old timers, you say, don't let's don't, don't waste that. Don't waste those tears. Don't waste that suffering. Find out what God's trying to say to you. Find out how God, find your place where you say, where your faith that God is working together, all things for good. I know I I have people call me in the midst of that and say, well, I just don't understand how this works for good. His ways are far above my ways too. trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding or your pastor's understanding. I can give you the promises, but I can't tell you the particularities of how God's going to work it out. But I can tell you he said he would. Amen. I can tell you that you can trust him. He's never let you down. He's never failed you. And he's still doing good at it. Amen. At doing good. We got to be able to find our faith, find our footing and be able, you know something, you are able. I know you, well, let me put it this way. With God, you are. For with God, nothing's impossible. 
Say, I'm hurting so bad, I can't do something for the Lord. You can't afford not to. You can't afford to get your get your your eyes on yourself and your trouble and focus on what the devil's trying to do. He's just going to laugh in your face. But you can stand up and say, you know what? God is good no matter what. Amen. My faith is in God. Lift up your eyes under the hills from whence cometh your help. Your help cometh from the Lord that made heaven and earth. We get our eyes on God. You know what it says when when trouble and tribulation and everything's coming to an end? Lift up your eyes. For your redemption draws nigh. Get your eyes up. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm not a, I'm not a Biden fan either. But I got my eyes up higher. I'm not a fan of what's going on in the White House or, or in the Supreme Court. But I got my eyes up higher. I'm not a fan of what's going on with all these billionaires pulling strings behind the scenes. But I got my eyes a little higher. I'm not grumping around. I'm not discouraged or depressed. I'm going to tell you, every knee's going to bow. Every tongue's going to confess. Amen. Everybody's going to, going to proclaim the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. So we're not afraid of that. Proverbs 27, 17. It's good. We, we love this, but let's look at it a little closer. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen Iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Today, you know what? You want a friend? Just seems like you got to be a people pleaser. You got to be a yes man. That's not a friend. That's an enabler. That's unhealthy. Amen. A friend will tell you what you need to hear. See, because this idea of sharpening, do you understand what's going on there? It's not a, it's, it's a, it's a picture of friction. Amen. Tailor made to help sharpen you. Got a lot of folks that their, their faith is weak because they don't get around any, anything that can sharpen them. They're afraid of adversity. They're afraid of challenges. They get mad if somebody doesn't tell them they're wonderful. Why didn't you just go ahead and, and tell me how beautiful my, my selfie was that I posted online? You're not my friend. Tell me how awesome I am. Tell me how wonderful I am. And Well, there's some, a friend will sometimes tell you what you don't want to hear, but that you need to hear. Sometimes life will bring you friction, and it's to sharpen you. Amen. I know. I know we're, we're, we're looking at a generation that, uh, you know, Perseverance, hard work, and and pushing through adversity seems like something foreign. We have been such a a spoiled, rotten society. Amen. We've had it's such a such a day that we're living in that that people don't know what it's like to just say, hey, it's it's this isn't easy, this isn't fun, but you know what? This is how we we get a paycheck, or this and this is how we get through life, and this is how we have a home and a healthy marriage. Amen. You know, don't think it strange concerning the fiery trials which try you in your marriage don't be shocked when there's friction you might need a little bit of that i don't understand why she doesn't see everything my way because your way all the time isn't perfect and god puts you together with somebody with a different personality and a different understanding and a different viewpoint and a different perspective and can help you not always validate you you know, sometimes there's just fussing and we're not excited about that. But sometimes you need to hear something. 
Amen. That maybe you don't like to hear. And sometimes God's already been, you know, uh, maybe I'm talking to some men here right now, but sometimes God's already nudging you saying, you ought to be better that woman. She put up with a lot. And then she kind of lets on that she's not just ecstatically thrilled. And you get mad. Well, God's already been telling you that. You've got to work on that. Praise the Lord. And, and, and vice versa. We need one another. There are strengths. Praise God. You don't have them all. You got some. But don't be so touchy. Don't be so, so sensitive. Because friction is what's going to get you sharper. Sometimes you've got to welcome that. Sometimes you've got to look for that. Sometimes you've got to be careful when you want everybody to agree with something that maybe you need to hear a, a contrary point that will help, help get you more focused and more aligned. If you don't ever stop and listen and pay attention to somebody who might have a, a different perspective, God puts people around you that care about you. Amen. I know growing up in this world, it's, it's, it's so sad that, that there's so much against uh, parents that just want to train their children up in the way they should go. That's the promise. When they're old, they won't depart from it. But we got a lot in this culture that's just trying, oh, you know what? you got to be so careful with their precious little personalities. And you don't want to, uh, don't let them cry and don't let them ever, ever experience any. Like, listen to me. Training them and teaching them sometimes, it's not easy. But God's put in the home that that authority and that direction. Sad, sad to say, it just seems like every time somebody just wants to point a finger and say, hey, now listen, now the police are going to be get called. We don't believe in that. Amen. The Bible, the Bible clearly puts in the family the, the order and the, the, the will of God. And, but it's not always just, you know, just fairy tales. Amen. Sometimes things have a little friction to them. Amen. I said this a while back. This wasn't just the other day. This is before the other day. But I remember. I, I, I remember growing up and for some reason, you know, all the little fairy tales that they tell you. And, and I, I remember this one story. It wasn't one of the more popular ones, but there was this one about, it was called the princess and the pea. And they were, they were, they were this, this princess, they, they said, she's just the fairest of them all. And, and they said, we're going to, we're going to just show you how amazingly fair and just precious she is. We're going to stack up all these mattresses and under the bottom one, we're just going to put a little pea under there. And she got up in that mattress on the top mattress and she couldn't sleep because she was just so fair that that thing kept her up all night. And somebody said, that's the princess that we want. She's so fair. I thought, what a stupid story. (laughs) That's the dumbest thing to tell children about the reality of life. Listen, there's going to be some things keep you up at night. It's sure not going to be a little pee under a stack of mattresses. Amen. We're going to have to deal with some things. We're going to have to get through some things together. We're going to have to learn how to pray together. We're going to have to learn how to cheer one another up when we're, we're down. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Young people understand it's not always easy. and It's not everybody that's your friend that's telling you, come on, do it. Come on, try it. It's the one that says, hey, why don't you get a backbone and say no to sin and say no to the world and say yes to Jesus. That's a friend. But, oh, it rubs me the wrong way when you don't tell me what I want to hear. Help us, Jesus. Look at 2 Timothy 4. God tell or make some, some things uncomfortable in your life to get your attention. 
I told you that this morning. I still feel it tonight. I wrote it down just just as praying and felt like God saying, I'm trying to get somebody's attention. I'm trying to get them, wake them up. I'm trying to show them that I'm, I, I want to do more for them. I, I want to break some chains in their life. I'm trying to get their attention. And you say, oh, why, why, why is this all? Listen to God. Listen to God. Thank you. Second Timothy 4, 1 says, I charge thee therefore before God. And the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant or be ready in season and out of season. You know what? When it's easy to preach, I, I love preaching to folks that are hungry for, for truth, that want this. Amen. Praise God. I don't know if some of you didn't see it. I was preaching this morning. Bob was over here. Man, he was up on his feet just about the whole service. Kept hopping up and getting Praise God. That's kind of kind of people I like to preach to. Praise the Lord. Some of you, he was behind you. You didn't you didn't hinder him at all. Amen. He just was loving it. Listen, preach the word in season and out of season. When folks is like, just keep preaching, preacher. But look at this. It says reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. That means the preacher is going to be your friend. Even with the friction. Same way God tailor makes some things that are uncomfortable. Sometimes the word is uncomfortable. Correction, reproof, rebuke. We got to understand that sometimes it's it's. It's a day we're living in. It's produced a lot of folks that just have learned how to play the emotional game and try to get people on emotional high. Listen, this is exciting and this is real, but you got to know down deep inside, there's still a cross. Down deep inside, we've got to be able to be confronted with, hey, you know what? I need to do better. I need to take responsibility. I can't change what they're doing. I can't change what he's doing or she's doing. But what I'm doing today, I'll be. Re- I'll stand before God. And I won't give any excuse and say, well, God, it was pretty difficult. Were you going to talk to the one with nails and prints in his hands that paid a price for you and say, you know what, it was too hard for me? He's going to give you everything you need. Listen to this, verse 3, for the time will come. I'm going to tell you right now, it's here. I'm going to tell you what. What Paul told Timothy is coming. We're living in it. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They won't endure sound doctrine. There's people that will shut that shut down. Hey, hey, did you know what this is? This is how they got the Holy Ghost in the Bible. I don't want to hear it. This is how they were baptized in the Bible. I don't want to hear it. This is how how they lived holy and separate in the Bible. This is how on fire they were. No, that's not what my church teaches. That's not what I believe. That's not what I'm comfortable with. A friend will tell you what the Bible says. You need to let that. You say, oh, I don't know if I want that challenge. I don't know. I'm so comfortable. God will get you out of that comfort zone. God will put people around you that love you enough to say, hey, what about this? You know, when somebody comes to you and they're wrong, all they can do is solidify what's right in you. Preaching corrects us, puts us back in our place. But the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But listen to this. After their own lusts, we don't come to God and say, this is what I want. 
this is how you need to do it, God. Let me tell you how to be my God because I've got some, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of used to the have it your way Burger King kind of mentality. So I want you to do this for me and this is how I like it. And you know what? I, I, I'm, I prefer this. And you know what? You know, got all that stuff in the Bible about reaching out to the leper and the one that's filled with demons and all that. You know, I don't like to get around that stuff. That makes, that just makes me itchy. I get nervous. I get I, I get sweaty, and I get I, I I just don't want to be around folks that like that. And and God, Jesus showed us what to do with folks. He showed us how to care for them. But then, Hallelujah, we gotta listen. They heap after their own selves. Teachers having itching ears. You want somebody to do it your way? You can find somebody. That's the truth. I, I never thought I'd get to the day that I, I feel today so, you know, I, I've hurt so bad seeing people that I've just, just to my own damage, sucking the life out of me, hurting me, thinking, God, you can save them. God, you can help them. God, you can, you can, you can do something there. But praise God, I, I want to see people that want to be saved. I want to see hungry souls. I'm so tired of button heads with goats. I want to lead God's sheep. I want to feed God's sheep. Amen. The Bible says there's plenty of false prophets that'll tell you what you want to hear, and people will heap to that. That's why these people have multi-million. I'm not saying every church that's big is bad. Amen. Not at all. But I'll tell you what, there's a lot of folks out there that people ought to see through it. But they're deceived because they like, they want to hear what they want to hear. They're never challenged. There's no friction. Amen. Do you think Jesus didn't cause some friction? You think Paul didn't cause some friction? Amen. Praise God. You don't think Stephen, before he was stoned, caused some friction? Amen. Look at it throughout the word of God. We've got to be challenged. But that's a friend. Amen. It's not a friend. A preacher's not a friend. A brother or sister is trying to help you. It's not a friend if they're just telling you what you want to hear. Scared, so scared that they're going to hurt your feelings. That's not a friendship. Amen. I've seen people get on that down that path where I just don't want to, I don't want to, I want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want to make them upset. Well, I'd be more worried about God's feelings and realize that if, if you can't be real around somebody and just be in love with Jesus and, and care about them enough to try to help them be saved, then that's not a friend. It says the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts they shall heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears. This is what I like. This is what I'm comfortable with. This is what I, I want to believe. Listen, then it should stand up to the word of God. You shouldn't be afraid of the word of God. You shouldn't be afraid of what the Bible says. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Help us, Lord. Things that I look at in the word of God, that's just not even, not even close. It's not there. Amen. Preachers preaching fables because people just eat it up. But I believe in this last day there's people that God's getting ready to, to bring out of this world. To be able to hear something that challenges your religious traditions your preconceived ideas, your comfort zone, to be able to allow God to deal with your heart and say, you know what, maybe there is more. Maybe there is more. It was the religious leaders that persecuted Jesus. 
more than anybody. They had the scriptures. Jesus said, search the scriptures. In them, you say you have eternal life, but they testify of me. Look to the word. And they used the word and missed it so much that they crucified the Lord of glory. That Jesus himself, the fulfillment of all those scriptures. Hey, listen, deception is a real. When you get in a comfort zone and you lock yourself in and you are going to stand against every bit of, of correction, every bit of instruction, every bit of anything that challenges what you have chosen to believe and not be able to say, hey, God, if there's more, I want it. It was the religious leaders that persecuted Paul. It was the religious leaders that persecuted the church over and over and over again. And he followed them around to try to destroy them. It was the Pharisees that said we'd rather be right in our own eyes and crucify Jesus. Let his blood be on us and on our children, on our hands and on our children's hands. Rather than say, humble themselves and say, I want to know the truth. I want to know the truth. I want to know. I really want to know. I want you to look at my heart and I want to humble myself. See, that's the difference. Jesus said a lot of folks. I've said this to you before. I know maybe some of you haven't heard me say it, but I've heard all my life. Preachers say, you know, God, to have faith like a child. You have to have childlike faith. I've never seen that scripture in the Bible. It's not there. Jesus said you got to become like a child. Humble yourself like a child to be converted. What does that mean? It means I've got to come to the Lord and say, I don't know it all. I've got questions. Teach me. Humble yourself like a child and be converted means I can be taught. I can be taught. I can, I can be corrected. I'm not in charge. I'm just a child. I'm humbling myself. The religious crowd can't do that. I'm telling you, one of the greatest. I know the sins of this generation that everybody's pointing to and saying, oh, it's horrible. It's terrible. Yeah, it it is. I'm not going to. But I'll tell you what, where sins of this generation have killed their thousands, religious pride has killed its ten thousands. Religious pride that says I can't be wrong. I won't be wrong. I won't be corrected. I won't be taught. I'm going to believe the traditions I always stand on. Look at what it says in Acts, the 18th chapter. I'm going to close here. Religious leaders, religious people quoting scriptures so that Jesus could be crucified. Acts 18, 24. Certain Jew named Apollos. Listen to this. Born in Alexandria, an eloquent man. And he was a good speecher. He could talk good. Mighty in the scriptures. He knew the Bible. Who are you to tell me what I have to, I should believe? I talk good. I know the Bible. He comes to Ephesus. This man was instructed of the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit. He was a fireball when he preached. He spake and taught diligently. The things of the Lord. This sounds like an amazing guy. Knowing only the baptism of John. He was, he, he was, he was amazing in so many ways. He just didn't have the full truth. 
He, he, we're not going to point at Apollos and say, you, you don't know nothing. You're, you're a mess. You're, you don't, you're not real. No, no, he was great, but he needed help. There's no shame in that. No shame in saying, well, I, I've got a lot of friends that, that, that believe it this way. I've got a lot of churches that believe it this way. That doesn't count. It doesn't matter. The way is narrow. Few there be that find it. He only knew the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. Whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. All they did was just come to him and say, hey, man, that sounds good. You, you, you really do a good job. You ever think about this? Do you ever look at this scripture? You know what? Apollos went on to be a big help in the church. Apollos went on to do greater things, all because Aquila and Priscilla had some time to show him the way more perfectly. And he had the attitude to say, that's my friend right there. Are you saying you don't like my preaching? If you don't like it, get out. No, no, no. I just want to help you. Are you saying I'm not saved? That's not that's not anything I'm saying. Just let's look at the Bible. Listen to me, your trials, your struggles, your battles. God's got his eye on you. Your questions, the friction that is in your life right now that feels like you can't hardly take it anymore. God's got his eye on you. In the same way, all those brothers meant evil against Joseph. God had a plan for good. In the same way, those religious leaders came against Jesus to crucify him. God had a plan in it all. A bigger plan than just about him. It was about us. It was about you. It was about me. It was about what God is doing in this church tonight, filling people with the Holy Ghost. God's got a plan in it all, and God's got a purpose in it. If you can begin to start right here and now and say, okay, God, you got my attention. My trial, my trouble, Lord, you've tailor-made it. You've got something in this that's going to perfect me. It's going to sharpen me. This might not be for you. This might just be for me. But you know what? I I just think, God, if you can just talk to me, I like it that way. And I can just hear you and say yes. But sometimes God's got to add a little friction. Because we don't listen so good. Sometimes we get ourselves in a place where God's going to shake us a little bit and get us awake and say, hey, you know what? You're missing something. You're missing something. I'm putting folks around you. I'm putting people in your life for you to see it. I'm putting my spirit around you so you can see it. And you've got to start paying attention to me. Stop being so distracted by, by the things of this world. Stop going back to all your coping mechanisms and all the ways that you, you find comfort and relief in your flesh that never satisfied you before. I want to be everything to you. Amen. God's got a tailor-made trouble in your life. He's going to work something victorious if you'll let him. Let's bow our heads in prayer. We've got faith. Faith in time of trouble. Tribulation brings patience, but patience brings experience and experience hope. And that hope will not make you ashamed. You can trust what God is doing in your life. Oh, yes. Say, I don't want to go through troubles. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it's not fair. It's not right. It's life. God's got a plan in it. 
you can lose sight of that, it'll destroy you. You can forget that the friction that God puts in your life sometimes it's to sharpen you. You need preaching in your life that's going to challenge you. You need friendships in your life that aren't going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to tell you what you need to hear. Oh, hallelujah. Young people, don't you be upset with parents that are telling you what you need to hear. They care about you. Husband, wife, God's put us together to be a help to one another. Don't be so sensitive. Listen, pay attention. People that love you the most will tell you what you need to hear sometimes. Church, a preacher, a pastor that is your friend would care about you and love you enough to tell you the truth. Tell you what you need to hear. It's not always what you want to hear. But it's going to help you be saved. The same way all that friction in your life, sometimes it's not pleasant, but it's helpful. You recognize the trouble you're facing. God's not done. God's not lost control. God's not worried. But He's got His eyes on you. Are you going to trust Him? Are you going to stand up? Put your confidence in God and say, Hallelujah. With God, all things are possible. God, you're working. You're working, God. Help me. Hold on to me and I'll hold on to you, God. Oh, let's pray. Let's find a place to talk to the Lord.
their darkest, God's still working. Don't be afraid of the challenge of the Spirit of God. The challenge of God's truth in your life take you to higher heights. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand. Father, thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for just, Lord, working in such a special way tonight, God. We pray, Lord, you bless us now. Lord, help us to put our confidence in you like never before, Lord. And you work in each and every life and every home. Lord, we love you. Bless your people now, God. Guide our steps, God. Shine a light through us, God, for your glory. Help us to reach somebody for you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We thank you, God. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.